I talked to my wife about it and I was like, okay, look, this is where we're at. I'm super stressed out about this. We, we need to, we got to make some changes. And she was on board. I mean, thankfully mm-hmm. it wasn't like a battle. It wasn't like, she was like no, I'm still doing this. You do what you want, but I'm doing this. So she was on board with me and she let me take our budget down to like, where we were each, I think getting like 20 bucks a month, maybe to enjoy, which let me clearly in like five minutes that twenty dollars will be gone. Yeah, exactly. And Especially it, in California. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> you go to Starbucks once and you're <laughs> and you're done. It's over. And it was just super tight. Like we were like scrimping wherever we could. And what I found was that it was so restrictive that we would just keep failing. Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. You're in for a treat today because my great friend Chris Browning is joining us today to talk all about how. He and his wife paid off over $27,000 worth of credit card debt. I know you're going to love this episode. Let's dive in. Oh, Chris, what took you so long? What took you so long to make it on my podcast? You know, because this is your podcast, I'm going to say, you know, I'm so sorry it took me so long to join (laughs) you. Uh, The reality is Allison just barely invited me on. So we'll just. That is. That is not true. That is not true. So if you don't know, Chris, he is the face behind popcorn finance. He's amazing. One of my good friends. And more importantly, he is my lowly co-host on our other (laughs) podcast. This is awkward. So he and I have been podcasting together for gosh, multiple years now, right? Yes. Two years almost. Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, it will be over two years. I'm excited to finally have you on because I want to talk to you about your debt-free journey and how that went for you. I know it was a long time ago and you're in a completely (laughs) different place, but I also want to discuss how you hid it from Mm. others and how you hid your entire story, your entire money journey from everyone. So go ahead and take me into when you graduated from college, found yourself into debt, what type of debt it was and start go and just start there okay yeah let me dive into my trauma here so (laughs) (laughs) I I think I I escaped most of college without too much debt I had like a little credit card debt but my limit was like $800 so it never really got out of control okay so you never had student loans no thankfully I never had student loans I went to uh, a state college my parents covered the cost but for four years it only cost $12,000 for my entire degree Uh, oh man that is uncommon it is I, when I when I hear the numbers now, I'm like, I'm so happy I got in and out of college as quickly as I did mm-hmm. at the time that I did because it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, so thankfully, uh, no student loan debt, very little credit card debt to start off with, and I paid it off. But then I decided, hey, I should get married. So my wife and I. We, <laughs> That's we, the natural progression that America yeah. likes to let us believe we have to follow, right? Exactly. It's like, well, look, I I finally got a stable job because I graduated into the recession. So I was like, took me forever to get a real job. And then I was like, well, I got a salary now. I guess I need to get married now. I guess. Oh, and and you were in love. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, and I was in love. (laughs) I'm making it sound very bad, aren't I? (laughs) You're in love. We all love Vina. Vina's great. You were in love with Vina. That also was the thing. But this was the next step in your relationship that you were very excited for, right? Like I just want (laughs) to. Yes. Yeah. I'm only talking like this because we've been married for so long now, and we had been dating for years because we started dating Mm -hmm. when we were seniors in high school. I was a senior; she was a junior in high school, and so we were dating probably for about seven years before we got married. But it was just because we were broke the entire <laughs> time so was like, we, could, we couldn't have afforded to go live anywhere even if we wanted to we I talked about it for a while so I was like, okay I think now's a good time to get married 
I'm I'm gonna I'm rephrasing this to make it sound much better. I just said we should get married now. It's a good time we can afford it. But we fell into the whole trap of well, you got to have a nice wedding. You can't mm-hmm. just go to the courthouse and get your license and sign it because you don't have the money, uh, yeah. or because you think it's a more financially responsible decision. We, our family even offered their backyard up to us to, really? do, to have our wedding there. They have a massive backyard. That's like, nice. Did y'all do that? No, of course, of course not, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we didn't take the financially responsible route. We're like, no, we got to have the full wedding. So, long story short. We ended up spending about, I think, fifteen, sixteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars on a wedding, which is not bad. That's not bad at all. That's yeah, no, that's not bad at all. I think we spent like fourteen to sixteen thousand. Yeah. But it's bad when you have zero dollars. That's true. And that, that was the case. So that was the start of the credit card debt for us because we just put it on credit cards because we had no cash to cover the cost at mm-hmm. all. So started with that. The next thing we know is like, oh, well, we're moving in together. We need furniture because I was mm-hmm. living with a cousin. She was living at home with her family. Uh, I was living with, you know, my cousin's a guy, so we had no furniture. So we were just, <laughs> we were just winging it. Uh, so we went to Ikea, loaded up a U-Haul with furniture. Mm-hmm. We had some, she had some school costs, like tuition costs that came out of nowhere that we weren't expecting to pop up. We had some like medical bills. And then probably in about a period of two years, we ended up in about $27,000 wow. worth of credit card debt. It just slowly added up. It started with the wedding. Yeah. And then it just slowly added up over time. Yeah. And I think combined with that, it was we were managing our money together for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't communicating well. We were both yeah. using credit cards still, not saying when we were making payments. And so it was like we ended up every month spending more on credit cards than we were paying. And so mm-hmm. in addition to all those other big things, all these other little expenses started piling onto it and they just built up. And I think one day I was just like, I kind of felt like we had a lot of debt. I was like, I know it's a big number. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what it was. And so I sat down and I logged into all the accounts and that's when I realized how bad it mm-hmm. was. And 27,000 is not that bad compared to some stories I've heard, but we were probably bringing home combined like 40,000, oh, wow. 45,000 wow. in Southern California on top yeah. of that. So it was, it was a lot of money. Wow. Okay. So you had multiple credit cards. It wasn't just 27,000 on one big card. I think that that is one reason why people don't realize how much debt they have, because it's almost Mm. spread across everything. And it doesn't feel so bad when it's 5,000 here, 4,000 here. And when you're logging in and looking at it, it, it doesn't feel so scary until you actually add it all up. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you log into one account, you know, okay, there's about $8,000 here. That's not ideal, but Mm -hmm. it's it's manageable. But you can kind of trick yourself because you're not you're not going to open up three browser windows at the same time, because I think ours is spread between three credit cards. You're not going to open them all up and look at the same time. You're just like, I just need to make the minimum payment and and, and keep moving here. So I'm I'm curious to know, I mean, obviously, one of the reasons why you guys got into credit card debt is because you didn't have a super high income. And you were, you were doing things that you would, it is very easy to justify buying furniture for an apartment, paying for a wedding. But did you ever feel like, I'm, I'm curious during this process, did you ever feel pushed to buy these things that maybe you should have held off on just maybe because that's what the expectation was that you do? Like you do have this big wedding. You don't take the backyard wedding because the expectation back Mm. then was you have this nice wedding and this beautiful venue. Whereas I think now post pandemic post in this post COVID world, I feel like it's more simplified, especially weddings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think people now, I think are are more open to, 
hey, there's other ways to do this. There's mm-hmm. not, I think people are like rejecting more so what society says are the norms for all these yes. things and kind of working with what works for them. Whereas, you know, we got married 2012. So it's almost, it'll be 10 years this year. Mm-hmm. You, you, there's still this, well, you have to do these things. You have yeah. to have this wedding because that's just what people do. Uh, even though our family was like, why just do this? It's cheaper. We're like, no, 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 no. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got this. What will they think of us <laughs> if it's in a backyard? <laughs> I know. I, I don't want my friends who also still live with their family to see me having a wedding in the backyard. <laughs> like it's, it was so, it's such a stupid thing. It was such mm-hmm. a, I don't know. It was just this weird pressure we put on ourselves for no reason whatsoever. Uh, I think the other thing was because we, I'm not a, you know me, I don't spend a lot of money on no, things. No, you really don't. Technology. Yes, technology <laughs> is your weakness. If you go into debt again, it's going to be for some sort of <laughs> super ridiculous technology that you think you need and you really don't. <laughs> I mean, wait till they come out with like AI butlers, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so broke. <laughs> but I would say it was, I think what really got us in trouble, like other than, you know, those big expenses in the beginning, mm-hmm. which didn't give us a great start. It was this feeling of almost like I didn't want to feel as broke as I really was. We weren't making enough money. We weren't making a lot of money at all. We had this huge like debt payment that we had to kind of manage every month. So that way we were trying to at least try to make progress. We were failing at it, but we were trying to make progress, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to feel how my situation actually was. Yeah. We would still constantly pull out the credit cards. So I go out to, it was mainly going out to eat. Like when I think about Mm -hmm. it, we weren't going on trips. It was really just every weekend. Let's go out to eat a couple of times. Oh, weeknight. I don't, we don't feel like cooking. Let's grab some food. Mm -hmm. And even though the reality was you don't have the money to do this. You just need to go to the grocery store and buy some cheap stuff and make it at home. Right. I didn't want to feel that pain. I was like, well, I know I can always pull this credit card out and it's going to exactly. work versus several times where I pulled my debit card out and it got declined because there yeah. wasn't enough money in the account. I think also, you know, you had just graduated from college and in college, I don't know about you, but I always felt like I was so poor and I could never enjoy these things. And it, whenever you get your first job and you're making in your case, not that much money, but you're still making this (laughs) consistent income. You feel like I've done my years of sacrifice. I've done my years of cheap, cheap, being cheap and, and not living, you know, abundantly not buying what I want. Now I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy my money. I hear from a lot of people that say, I work hard. I work hard for my money. I want to be able to enjoy it. And they feel like they can enjoy it because they have all of this debt looming over them, which is very frustrating and overwhelming. And if they would pay off the debt, then they really fully could enjoy that income. So do you think that was part of it as well? Yeah. You, you want to live this life you thought you were going to have. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. This you picture perfect vision that you had. Oh, I think of like my, my vision board. Did you ever make a vision board? Did you ever like print out pictures from the internet or get, get, you know, a magazine, maybe like the L magazine or some sort of magazine and cut out pictures for your vision board? I bet you did. I think, you know, the answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've never made a vision board. I've seen people make them, but no, I've never made one. But you have, you know, it's essentially, you have this vision of your life and things you want, which is great. And I think it's wonderful to dream, but sometimes we think that because it's our vision, we deserve it. And we're going to do what it takes to get it. And credit cards allow us to do that. Exactly. And then I think on top of that, not only do you have this picture of what you think your life should be, Mm -hmm. oftentimes 
that's not a picture that you came up with on your own. Like that's not, that mm-hmm. wasn't my unique vision of my future. This was almost like a vision of what I saw. Other, this was like what I saw other people doing mm-hmm. and what I thought I should be able to do. Not that I necessarily wanted to do these things. Like yeah. I didn't necessarily want to have like a giant house or have, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, the, the nicest car I possibly could. It was more so like, I saw other people doing that. Like people were going on trips, people were going out to eat. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I should do why that's, Oh, I shouldn't, I need to be doing that too. Even though maybe that's not necessarily the path I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt like I had to do those things because that's like the, that was the adult thing to do was mm-hmm. go out and spend this money. Yeah. I think it's very easy to fall into that trap, the trap of doing things because you think it's an expectation yeah. of yourself. And so until we question that, until we say, is this really what I want? Is this really what's best for me to go along with this expectation until we question that that's where we're going to be. So you got to that mm-hmm. point where you said, you know what, enough is enough. I can't stand this stress. Talk to me about that. Cause I know that was hard for you. And obviously I know you didn't tell anyone about it. So I'm going to go ahead and say there was some shame <laughs> and guilt, guilt going into that. So go ahead and tell me about that now. Oh yeah. I think the biggest part of that shame came from the fact that I was in college to become a financial planner. That was my, <laughs> that was my, my literal degree was, it was a business admin degree, concentration in finance. And there was a focus on financial planning. My, I was going to be a financial planner. I was going to teach people how to get their financial lives mm-hmm. in order. And here I am in the worst financial situation I'd ever been in broke with a bunch of debt that I was having a hard time paying off. Yeah, And I also for some reason, always felt like I needed to be, you know, the I need to be responsible. I had to be, you know, when people would, would I talked to my friends and I was like the responsible friend and I mm. would tell them, this is what you need to be doing. Probably more than they wanted to hear me <laughs> tell them that. And I know you do that to me all the time. It's oh, very annoying. Constantly, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm in the position where, oh, I've messed up. Look at, mm-hmm. <laughs> look at where I'm at. Look at how poorly I've, uh, I've managed things here. And so I think all that shame made me just say, well, I can't tell anybody about this. Like no yeah. one can know how bad this is going. Mm-hmm. I'm just going, I, I never talked to like my, my brother, my parents didn't know, my, my, my best friends who I talked to all the time had no clue. Yeah. And right when I found out uh, how much debt we actually had, that's when like all the anxiety and the weight of the situation started to press mm-hmm. on me and would have been a great time for me to release some of that and talk to someone else about it. But I was like, no, I got to handle this. I got to fix this. And I remember sitting at my desk at work, looking for other jobs, Wow! making spreadsheets, trying to figure out how can I pay this off and just like stressing. And I remember I would carry that with me every day. Like mm. as I'm going into work, as I'm coming home from work, I'd be like, something has to change. Like I can't, I can't keep living like this, but I don't, I don't really know what I need to do. Cause it's hard, it's hard finding a job. It's not like I'm just going to find a new job that pays me more tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really wish I would have spoken to at least one friend, like pick one person and just talk to them about it because it's a lot to kind of carry all that weight by yourself. Mm-hmm. And every day, just kind of, you just kind of slowly beat yourself down every day yeah, uh, with all the decisions that you feel like you could have made a better decision on uh, along the way. I think a lot of people can relate to what you're saying right now. And a lot of people can relate to it because they don't have someone they can turn to, or they don't know who that person is. Cause you mm-hmm. don't want to share one of your, what something you're not very proud of and you don't know the response you're going to get. If it's going to be judgment Mm. or if you know, someone's going to judge you or if they're going to say, 
oh gosh, I've been there, but, but you can do this. If they're going to encourage you, you don't always know what you're going to get. And I think so many people walk around with this shame also just because money is so taboo and, you know, our parents, I'm sure I'm, I know my parents and your parents, I'm sure taught us that you don't talk about money. It's rude. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And who wants to be rude? Right. <laughs> so you're carrying this around and I wish you also would have, would have talked to someone. <laughs> uh, we started, I, when I should not say we, Matt did not talk really about this with many people, but he also doesn't talk about a lot of things with many people. So <laughs> there's nothing out of the ordinary there, but I did talk about it with people and I did have people push back on me. And that really? was hard. Yes. I had family members push back on it and almost either be judgmental or just be like, oh, you're fine. And, and, and almost dismissive. Mm. And that was hard because then you have to be strong enough in your want and your desire to ignore what someone who you might care about is saying. So I can see why maybe people don't share about it and don't share what they're going through, but I think that it does weigh on you it, yeah, it, it, and it, it weighed sense. on you. It does. And it made, it made sense why you wouldn't tell someone because mm-hmm. we don't, it's not like all our lives we're having these like great money conversations. And so when you get mm-hmm. to a, a, like a financial tough spot, you're like, oh, well, let me go talk to this friend. We, we talk about this all the time. So exactly. here we go as my outlet. But you don't have, if you don't have that practice of having these conversations, it's a, it's a gamble on what reaction you're going to get from someone because if you, it's weird that you can have a group of friends and you're all friends, mm-hmm. but they don't all, they won't all have the same reaction to something you tell them. Some yeah. are more open, some are more kind, some mm-hmm. are more just like, eh, whatever, get out of here. It's fine. And you, you Don't worry about it. We had debt. We all got debt. You know, you make it, the, yeah. you don't know what, what it, your response is. It, it's dismissive. Be. Exactly. Well, the good news is, is anyone needs a friend that they can have these conversations with openly. You can be me and Chris's friend. You can listen to yeah. our podcasts. You can listen. I mean, we have between the two of us, we have three podcasts. So <laughs> we've got you covered on the podcast front when it comes to having money conversations. Today's episode is brought to you by my free debt-free roadmap. This is the perfect roadmap if you are wanting to be debt-free and maybe you've just lost a little bit of your inspiration or you need some step-by-steps to follow because paying off debt isn't always as simple as it seems. There's different mistakes that people are making that cause them to either not make progress or actually stop altogether. So in this free roadmap, you're going to get the seven easy steps that my husband and I followed to help pay off our debt fast, as well as three most common mistakes. So that way you can stop making them yourself. You can go to inspirebudget.com slash debt free to get that, or just click the link in my show notes. I want to hear about the steps you took after you realized you had $27,000 of credit card debt. After you told yourself, I cannot tell a single soul about this (laughs) because I will be judged and people will think I'm irresponsible. So I'm just going to hold it in and keep it all to myself and not have any support, which, you know, poor choice, by the way, but (laughs) after you (laughs) decided to do that. What, what were your next steps to get going to pay it off? And how long did it take you to do that? So it was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what I was doing. That's fair. And I have a tendency to just go all in on something like I, you, I, you may have noticed this. Yes, <laughs> I, I have noticed this. 
I, I have a tendency to not go all in on things. <laughs> I have a tendency to get my feet wet and feel it out a little bit and be like, nah, I don't like that. You and I are opposite <laughs> in that yeah, way. Just, just a little bit, just a little <laughs> different on that. And I went like hard on paying down this debt. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I made spreadsheets because I love a good spreadsheet. And I put down, okay, here's all our expenses. And then here's all the debt. And I was using, I think, Mint at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would put in all the credit cards we had. And it would have this nice little calculator. And it would show you how long it would take you to pay off your debt based yeah. off of your interest rates and your balances. So I could put them all in there. And it's like, pay it down in this order. It's like, okay. And so I would basically have a little slider. And I would push it as far to the right <laughs> as I could to have the payment be as large as possible to get that date as low as I could. And I talked to my wife about it. And I was like, okay, look, this is where we're at. I'm super stressed out about this we we need to we got to make some changes and she was on board i mean thankfully mm-hmm. it wasn't like a battle it wasn't like she was like, no i'm still doing this you do what you want but i'm doing this so she was on board with me and she let me take our budget down to like where we were each i think getting like 20 bucks a month maybe to enjoy which let me clearly in like five minutes that 20 dollars will be gone yeah exactly and especially it, in california oh yeah that's <laughs> you go to starbucks once and you're <laughs> and you're done it's over and it was just super tight like we Mm -hmm. were like scrimping wherever we could and what I found was that it was so restrictive that we would just keep failing okay so I I was just going to ask you is this something you recommend is this a strategy you recommend people do no do not do this okay (laughs) because you're gonna one you're probably gonna fail because it's so Mm -hmm. when you make a budget so tight Mm -hmm. oftentimes you're Kind of like how you like we were talking about how you have this like ideal life you think you want to live. Yeah. You also have this very idealistic, or I guess is, is idealistic a word? I think that's a word. Yeah, it's <laughs> a word. You keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Alice and I also often talk about what are real words and what are fake words we've just made. We up make up hands. a lot of fake words, <laughs> which I think is a sign of intelligence. I think so. I mean, everyone okay. else is using old used words. We're I know. New ones. Exactly. <laughs> but we had this. I mean, I, you create this image of like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is not a problem. Of course I can cut my budget down this low and you're completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And you end up two weeks in blowing the budget to pieces. And now what do we do? We pull out the credit card because we've already sent, we've sent too much money to the credit card for a payment. And then now there's no cash left. Yeah, if, if we fail and, and end up overspending in areas that we didn't, we obviously were going to overspend what we didn't plan for properly. You know what I call that? I actually just have an Instagram post on it. It's called, I call it the crazy cycle. Where you write an unrealistic budget, life happens, you feel shame, stress, and disappointment, and you tell yourself budgets won't work for me. Mm. And then, and then six months later, you say, I need to write a budget. So you write another unrealistic (laughs) budget and you just get stuck on this crazy cycle. It could be done with debt. It can be done with budgeting. It can be done with other, other aspects of life, but it sounds like you were on that crazy cycle of depriving yourself and you know, failing over and over and over again. And a lot of people give up there and say, this is just always the way it's going to be. This is how it is for everyone. But Christopher Browning did not. (laughs) So what did you do? What change did you have to make? Because I'm guessing these credit cards, it was 27,000, but I'm guessing the interest rates were awful on them too, right? Like this isn't just a car loan with 3% interest rate. This is a credit card with 24% interest rate. So what did you have to change to actually see progress? So there's a few things that kind of slowly started to come together as I was trying to figure out how to go about this. 
uh, I never really relaxed as much as I should have, but I, I, mm-hmm. I made a little more realistic of a budget. I was like, okay, look, Good. I got to up the food part of this because we're clearly spending more than, you know, $50 on food. This is not, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, You're I was, like starving was, yourself. <laughs> it wasn't that low, but it was, it was unrealistic. Uh, the number I said. So I, I kept reworking the budget till I was like, okay, this, this seems a little more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I started doing was because like you said, interest rates are crazy on these credit cards. I would do these like 0% balance transfers. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Did that wreck your credit score? No, actually it didn't. Really? I, I, I think because I didn't have to do it too many times. Okay. It took us about four years to pay off our debt in total. And mm-hmm. so I maybe did it about maybe two or three times over that, that period of okay. uh, paying all this down. Did you and- Did you keep the old credit card open? Yes. So okay. I never, I didn't end up closing any old cards. I kept them okay. open. And I would be like, for example, oh, 0% for 18 months. I was like, yes, I will take that. So I would apply for <laughs> it. And thankfully, having all this debt hadn't like ruined my credit score mm-hmm. or anything like that. I'd still been making the payment. So I didn't have any huge that's drops good. in my credit score. So I'm still eligible to get approved for the, a lot of these cards. And that's what I would do. That was, so that was like step one to kind of help manage the interest. So that way mm-hmm. I wasn't getting like wrecked with you know massive amounts of interest. I was just eating up my entire monthly payment that I was putting on these credit cards. Yeah. Um, the other thing, and really the most like impactful thing I did, because I, I tried a bunch of side hustles. Like I sold stuff on eBay and Amazon. I delivered food. I did all kinds of stuff. I think on, on our podcast, I talked about how I, I bought all the Timberland boots from the oh, local yes. Burlington Coat Factories and was selling them on eBay until I got too out of hand and, and that didn't work out. I had to return a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. But the thing that made real, real impact was I, I really kind of dug in on my job. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to be like the most like marketable employee Good. I can be for new jobs. So I started joining like professional organizations. We had an organization that they did annual conference. And mm-hmm. at this conference, they would have speakers and it would be, cause I worked in government finance and very boring yeah. <laughs> talks about accounting and how to process payroll and all this different stuff. You have a and super so boring they- job. It was whenever I talked to Allison about it, her, her eyes just glaze over. She starts looking out the window. I do. I start <laughs> dreaming about going to Target and walking up and down the aisles. Every time Chris talks about his job, I'm like, this is so boring. And you have so much enthusiasm in your voice, which is just even more annoying, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm faking it because uh, I don't do it anymore, but it basically these organizations were the ones who would find the speakers and get them to come. So I would like, Oh, I'm going to join this organization. So mm-hmm. I joined it. And then I was like, I became like a co-chair and then I would organize a speaker for the event. Wow. And then I would at work, I would, I work closely with other departments so that I could mm-hmm. learn what they're doing. Yeah. And so slowly I started adding these things to my resume. I was like, Oh, I did this. I did this. Yeah. Even though I wasn't really doing that much more work. It just right. looks, people are impressed by titles and extracurricular work type things. Yep. People, are, people are impressed by these things, even though you don't have to put in 50 extra hours a week. Yep. So I started throwing these things on my resume and I started applying and I started looking at what was out there. And I'm like, oh, I could get paid a lot more doing the same job I'm really already doing just at a different place. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the biggest things that made an impact because I went from making, I don't know, maybe $40,000, like before taxes, like 40, mm-hmm. 45,000 before taxes to making over $60,000 Wow. Uh, with one job change. That's and, awesome. And it was just literally, I just went to work for a different place doing the same thing I was already doing. Oh, and I love it. That was one of the biggest things. I, I, I kept doing that. So I did mm-hmm. that a couple of times to where my salary basically more than doubled over the course of probably like five years. That's amazing. And I think that a lot of people are scared to do that because they're scared of change. Yeah. They're scared of changing their job. What if I don't like my boss? What if I don't like this? So I love that 
your fear of debt obviously <laughs> outweighed your fear of change when it comes to that, because I know you don't like change. I no. know you, I know you well enough to know that, but I think that, you know, you had to have that internal conversation and say, obviously the only way I can get out of debt faster is by cutting my expenses and increasing my income. And you clearly did the cutting your expenses <laughs> well. So you worked on your income. I think that a lot of people ignore that side of it, that possibility. Yeah. Because I mean, realistically, you can only cut your expenses so far. I exactly. Mean, you, you just you got to eat. You got to have a place mm -hmm. to live. You, a lot of us need a car to drive to get to work. Yep. So you can only cut things so far, and after that, what are you gonna do? And for me, it was like I got I got to make more money because especially mm -hmm. I was making so little relative to the cost of living where we're at. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it took you four years to pay off twenty seven thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, and at this point. Had you talked openly about your journey? No, the entire time, the entire four-ish wow. years, never told a single person other than my wife. No one, no one else knew what was going on. And I remember the first conversation I had with a friend. Uh, we were, I remember we were randomly in a parking lot, me and him. I don't know where we were waiting to go into eat or something. I don't mm -hmm. know why we were sitting in the car talking in the parking lot. It was very random. And we were talking and I don't know why. I, I think at this point I had either just paid it off or I was just about to. I was like, I think I was like super close to paying off all. Yeah, I remember you told me you were very close to it. Like you okay. were almost done. Yeah, I was like right at that edge then. And I was like, I kind of just opened up. I was like, oh yeah, you know, this is what's going on. I kind of, I try to be like real casual. I was like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> I've had this debt, you know, for a while. And, you know, it's been real frustrating and uh, yeah, I'm about to finally pay it off. And he was like, what, you've been in debt all this time? <laughs> <laughs> you were more responsible than that Chris <laughs> he was like shame I need to shame you for all the years I didn't get to shame you uh, oh my he, gosh he was just like shocked because he was like how did I how have I not known about this for the yeah. past four yeah. years yeah that's a long exactly. time I could tell someone something exactly well I'm glad you did and I'm glad that you went on that journey I just wish you would have told people sooner because I don't think I could have gone on that same journey and and really stuck with it so clearly you had a lot of discipline which is wonderful. Not all of us have that same kind of <laughs> discipline. So if it's you're sitting here thinking, yeah. <laughs> so if you're sitting here thinking I couldn't do that, that's okay. I couldn't either. <laughs> I couldn't do that without telling anyone along the way. I don't recommend way. it either anyway. So yeah. don't, don't even try. Don't even see if you can. There you go. Well, you have lots of ways where people can connect with you. Go ahead and share with with everyone where they can find you and hear more about you and not just hear your story, but hear how you do such a wonderful job teaching about personal finances and making money easy. Oh, well, thank you. Very, very kind of you. Yeah, I have to say, if I have to put up a good front here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? She's being nice. This is so strange. <laughs> um, no, but uh, thanks again for having me. I really appreciate you having me on the show. If you want to come listen to what I do on popcorn finance, just search for popcorn finance. If you go super far back in the episodes, like really early on, I actually had my wife on the podcast. We talked about oh. our, our debt journey. Those, you got to go way back to, okay. to go find that. Cause I was like, I think in the first year of the podcast. Okay. Um, we'll find that episode and put the link in the show notes to that specific episode. Okay. I'll go find that for you. I'll get you a link. Okay. And um, yeah, if you want to connect, just uh, Instagram is where I hang out the most. Just look for popcorn finance podcast. Uh, and then you can find me there. You can find Allison on the show or you can find her on the podcast. This is awkward that we do together. That's a, yes. a lot of fun. It's really fun. I highly recommend going to see the, going to listen to this is awkward before popcorn finance, but <laughs> either one, either You're one is great. Either one's great.
Well, Chris, at the end of every interview, I love asking my guests three questions just to get to know them better. So don't think too hard about these, but just, <laughs> you know, just, I want people to get to know you a little bit better. The first is what is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do? You know, I think it would be going to New Zealand. Oh, I want to go to New Zealand. I think we might've talked about this. Maybe we know. have. I've never been anywhere near New Zealand before. Uh, actually, the first time I ever left the country was with you. Me and my wife went on a trip with you and Matt. We went to yes. Canada. That was the first time I ever even left the country. That's right. Oh, so fun. We need to take another another international trip soon. To New Zealand because I, okay. it just looks beautiful. I don't know why. It, yep. I want to go there other than it looks beautiful and they have really cool accents there. So yeah, maybe I think I could only. get Matt on board with that. I love it. Okay. So second question is you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions. What do you do? Which I know this is just a normal day for you, <laughs> but, as, but as I still want to no know kids. as someone with no kids and who works at home alone while his oh. wife goes at the work, what would you do with three hours of no interruptions? You can't work on popcorn finance. You can't work on this is awkward. You can't use technology. I can't use technology. It's no. sleeping an option. Sleeping. Yes, an option. that is an option. You know, okay, three hours, this is what I would do. The first hour, I'm going to eat something. I'm going to get a good meal. It's going to be delivered to me because I don't, if this is three hours to do whatever I want, I'm not making this food. Okay. I'm getting good food delivered to me. Okay. I'm going to then spend an hour watching something I really enjoy. Ozark? Show. I've, ne I've never seen Ozark. You need to, you, you, I gave you homework last time we talked. You're supposed to watch it. So, okay. I've never, never come close to watching Ozark. Okay. Okay, fine. I'll watch, I'll watch Ozark and then I'm going to take a nap for an hour. I like it. That'd be my three. Yeah, right three there. most important things. Food, nope. entertainment, sleep. I'm simple, Allison. I don't, it didn't take a lot to make me happy. And there those you three go. things pretty much cover it. Perfect. I love it. Okay. Last question. Just finish this sentence. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is. Oh, my favorite thing I've ever spent money on is, you know, it has to be something electronic. That has That's to be the thinking. answer to this question. One million percent. It is something electronic. And so I'm looking around my room because there's so much stuff <laughs> that needs to be plugged into the wall here that I could choose. But you know what? I think I would say I bought these wireless headphones here, Ooh. the noise canceling ones. And it really, but I, I hate like random outside mm -hmm. sounds. Like we live by a busy street. So there's like, you know, you hear the traffic yeah. and planes flying over our apartment. Sometimes the garden, people are out there like cutting the grass. Yeah. The, the gardeners are doing that. So I love, I like, just peace and quiet. And nice. wearing these headphones and like turning on the little noise canceling mode, oh, that is like, it's just peace. It's just like, I'm like, I can just sit here and think and relax. And so I'd say that's one of the best things I've ever spent money on because they were not, they weren't cheap, but they, uh, they've been, they've been very worth it. Good. I love it. I might need to get the link to those. I'll send you a link there. Yeah. Send me the link. They're good. They're good ones. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope that my listeners can head on over to your podcast, listen to our podcast and just get to know you a little bit better. No, it was great talking with you all. And thanks so much for having me on. It's always, it's always fun of talking course. with you, Allison. It is. I'll talk to you later. All right. I'll see you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chris. He really is one of my great friends. And if you have not listened to his podcast, Popcorn Finance Podcast, you need to go listen to it. Or if you haven't listened to our other podcasts that we have together, This Is Awkward, then I would love for you to go check it out. You can just do that in whatever podcast app you're listening to this one now. I hope that this episode inspired you to live your best life and reach your money goals. I'll see you next week. 